Welcome to Let's Talk Sales. This is the podcast for anyone who's interested in growing sales. Today's episode of Let's Talk Sales is brought to you by our ebook, How to Create and Give a Killer Presentation. In this guide, you'll learn how to plan and deliver a strong presentation that will impress your boss or close that next deal. Be sure to download a copy today. You can find it in the notes for today's show at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 278. This is, as always, Elizabeth Frederick, and I am so excited about today's guest. We have had so much fun preparing for this conversation, and I know you're going to love to hear it. She is a two-time Emmy and Peabody Award winner. I think that might be a first for the podcast. And she's the CEO of Berenson Communications, which is a media and presentation training firm. She coaches top executives to face the press, present, and pitch. And she was a former producer for ABC News, Good Morning America, CBS News, and CNN. So she knows presentation. She knows production. She knows what it takes to look good. She is a featured speaker at conferences, both virtual now and in person, whenever that can happen again. (laughs) And she's appeared in many publications, including the Boston Globe, the Legal Times, Allure Magazine, and Capital Style. So kind of across the across the gamut there. She is based in Boston, a lovely city, just a bit to our north. So we are so glad to have you here, Heidi Berenson. Elizabeth, I am beyond delighted. And this is fun to do podcasts in this new environment, the new Zoom environment. So this is great. And I'm Absolutely. Just, I was just going to say, I, I know, I know you're going to jump in, but I just want to say when you said I've been working with top executives with this whole new Zoom era, it is really expanded. So I was thinking of that when you said it. So anyway, but I'll nice. let you go on. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Well, I want you to go on because basically I just listed those bullets, right? Bullets are not a person. A resume is not a person. And so I'd love it if you could introduce yourself to our listeners. Um, if you could maybe talk about where you developed the passion for what it is that you're doing or the journey that you've been on to get where you are today, wherever you think would be would be relevant and helpful for our listeners. Sure. Absolutely. So what is the best about what is going on now? And when you talk about the journey, is that we're all on this journey in Mm. the midst of a pandemic. We're still figuring it out. But what I have figured out is, in essence, we are now all on camera talent. Absolutely. Think about it. Everybody's now on a screen and their eyes are always on a screen, whether it's a small screen, you know, and it's your device or an iPhone or something, or it's your desktop or laptop, or even, like you said, when we start to do IRL in real life presentations, you're going to be back up on a large screen. So everybody these days is on a screen. It's inescapable. And what's been amazing is just how all of my experience at ABC News, Good Morning America, CBS News, CNN, it all comes in handy because it's basically back to, oh, I'm producing live television. That's what Zoom is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, So that's where all of a sudden, all of my years of toiling at the networks and in the news business where you're called in the middle of the night and you're called on weekends because news doesn't have a clock. News doesn't know the time clock. So anyway, it's been great to be able to equip people to really, I would say, just raise their Zoom game. And Mm -hmm. part of how you do that is if you think about what is the image I want to project And everything that you have to do now, if you're going to be on Zoom, should be intentional. And I know that there are some people who still think, oh, I can wear a T-shirt. I can, 
And that's fine, but if is that the image you want to project if you're on a business call? So my thing now is to make everything intentional that you do in Zoom. Think about what your goal is. Is it to land new business? Is it to meet with your colleagues and to be a team player, but also stand out from the crowd a little bit? So this whole new Zoom era is still evolving. Everything is still mm-hmm. evolving. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I I love that idea that we're all on camera talent, because I think, as you said, it's something that is becoming very real to people right now. But if I think about it, it was starting to happen before this all started. Um, We moved into a new office um, last year, and it is just sitting empty in Midtown Manhattan right now. I am sad to to say, but we intentionally set up an area of the office for when we knew we would be on camera. And we had to plan that in advance because we realized that more and more we were doing these video meetings. And it's something that, you know, back in the day, you could just sit your laptop on your desk and have the camera kind of going up your nose and nobody would care. (laughs) But um, production standards have increased. People expect you to look good and they expect the environment around you to look good. And so it's been happening for a while. And I think post this COVID situation, you know, when the world gets back to whatever the new normal is. I do think a lot of companies are going to recognize that for for safety, for, you know, whether it's a health situation or something else, or you just don't want your employees traveling and being out of the office, or you don't want that budget expense of travel, video is going to continue to replace more and more in-person meetings. And so I think, as you said, you know, we're all on camera talent, we're all professional presenters, and there are best practices that Mm -hmm. you've distilled over the years of doing this. And Mm -hmm. so I'd love to really spend our conversation today diving into what are those core best practices for somebody who's terrified every time they get an invite and they know they have to be on camera. Oh, absolutely. All right. So let me just back up for a moment and say Mm -hmm. that you're exactly right. The bar has been raised tremendously. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I can just go back to when I was at the networks and you used to have, you know, I would book the guests and you would Mm -hmm. have people come into the studio. Then when you had satellite capability, like, oh, wow, we can have people via satellite. And then people had to sort of get used to that. They would come into a studio. Then you started to have iPhones and you started to have FaceTime and you started to have Skype. And to your point, you could do it right from the office. And now we're in this culture where now it's Zoom, whether it's on your desktop, your laptop or a device. And so as it has evolved since then, it's going to continue to evolve. But this is Mm. where everybody has the power to make the changes that they want for the image they want to project. So for example, if you have a situation where you can at least grab a corner of, you know, your home or or, let me give it, let me give a recent example. We worked with the president of an international organization. He was out of our nation's capital, I believe in a townhouse, you know, with several children and his wife, and he didn't want to put them off because they were all schooling and everything at home. And he was sitting in his bedroom. And just by turning his laptop ever so slightly, just by moving a bunch of folders, messy folders off the off the bookshelf and putting intentional books there, you know, the authors from this organization and moving some artwork 
and turning it so that A, you couldn't see the bed, B, you couldn't see a door, so you'd know it was a bedroom. By the time, and then we raised we raised it up because when you do look in the webcam, you should be looking at least straight ahead or up. And like you said, most people are looking down at it. And in fact, the fact that Broadway is closed right now doesn't mean they the actors and actresses haven't stopped performing because they're performing virtually. And one of the things I learned from them is they said, always look up at the webcam. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a good tip. But anyway, so with this executive, by the time we finished with him, and this was all within the space of an hour, we did this within an hour. Wow. It looked like he was sitting in his office. He looked like he was mm -hmm. sitting in this fabulous office and you had no idea. So people do have the power. Another example is here about a day or two before lockdown. And as you said, I'm in Massachusetts. So I know that from television, the most common favorite color worldwide is blue mm -hmm. and the most flattering color to every skin tone from the darkest to the lightest skin tone is like that gorgeous royal blue or electric blue. Mm. And I said, you know what, if I'm going to be, because I had just moved up here from Washington, D.C. about a year ago, and the walls were linen white. And I said, no, 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 that's not going to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> so I went online and I looked up different paints from different sources. Anyway, I ended up having this beautiful medium blue, you know, sort of a, a deeper shade of like medium to royal blue. And I had it shipped in from New Jersey and I hired two painters. They came in with booties and gloves and masks and they just painted this one wall, this one area behind me. So I can think of it now as an accent wall, but really, if you look at the whole rest of the room, it's still linen white. But if you're looking mm -hmm. at me on Zoom, it's like, wow, she's in this great blue studio. You know, she's got this great <laughs> blue wall behind her. Yeah, which was really good. So to your point also, in terms of how we move forward, even if we're all back on planes, trains, and automobiles, and God willing, we will be sometime soon. Even if that's the case, the Zoom culture, the virtual, the Skype business, the WebEx, the blue jeans, this will all still be there. And like you said, mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons. So if you can get a Zoom space or a virtual space, like, you know, locked and loaded, ready to go, then that's going to really benefit you for so many reasons in so many ways as we move forward in this culture. And then you don't have to wonder each time, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? You just have your set space and, and you're good to go. Yeah. Absolutely. I have I have a couple of stories that that came to me as I as we were talking. But um where I'm sitting right now is in a space that I set up. And when this all started, I think we all thought that it was going to be pretty short term. Right. And so we were doing webinars at the very beginning of this. And what I was doing is I live in a, a really, I think it's beautiful, um, New York City apartment. And we've got this wonderful, like, open brick wall and uh, a fake fireplace. It probably used to be a fireplace, but they filled it all in. And I have plants and candles and art and other stuff. So I for this webinar series would sit out in the common shared space, you know, the living dining area where all that is and set up exactly what was behind me. And it was gorgeous. And then what I realized is this is sticking around for a long time. I cannot inconvenience everybody else in the apartment oh, yeah. um, by taking up that beautiful space. So I had to come up with a beautiful space elsewhere that's more private. And right. so I did that same thing that you were talking about. You know, I, I found books that were like appropriate books, but also different colors and looked interesting because behind me is all white. Right. And I put a couple of plants on a shelf. And it's not that hard. I did have to buy a light because something right. else that I think people don't think about is... Um, I've got a window to one side of me. So mm -hmm. I literally have one side of my face bright and the other side looked like 
it was in shadow because it was. And, you know, little things like that. It it cost me, I think, you know, $20, $30. I just bought a a light online. And it's honestly, it's helpful. I use it throughout the day. But also anytime I'm on camera, I make sure it's pointed at the side of my face that's uh, opposite the window so that it balances out that window. And it's just, again, a a small thing, not that expensive, but it really does help. And so I love that story that you have of even literally painting the one wall behind you if you have that ability. Or if you can't paint it, can you hang fabric? Right. Um, in a safe way that's not going to fall down halfway through your, your discussion. Right. Right. Because to a be curtain, honest, okay. anything. <laughs> no, exactly. Because I would recommend that over virtual. Because if you use a virtual background, um, mm. even if you have a green screen, you really need exceptional lighting. Because if not, and I'm sure people have seen this, that when they use virtual and the lighting is not great and they move, oh my gosh, I've mm. seen people's blurry. heads disappear. Or I've seen their yes. heads disappear. <laughs> I just, I'm like, no, 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 that's not going to cut it. So it's worse. Yes. Oh yeah. So good for you. First of all, your, your place sounds fabulous in New York and it sounds like what you did is amazing. And I have two, just coming off that, like when you said books in today's New York times, there's a marvelous article about how people are noticing the books behind Mm. everyone from Tom Hanks to Colin Powell to Gwyneth Paltrow. It's a fabulous article. And people are looking at the titles. Gee, what do they read? So Mm -hmm. that's the thing that people have to remember when they do a Zoom space. They have to remember that people's eyes wander. Absolutely. And the two things, the eye searches for what's different. So if you have something that's kind of, well, what is that? Or is that a book? Is that a a picture? What's that a picture of? So when I say you have to be intentional, you really have to practice and and record yourself and look and say, okay, how does this look from the viewer's standpoint? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's another piece. And then when you said about lighting, what's interesting, and you said for people who, you know, are, are afraid of it, the more you know... And the more you do, the better off you'll be and the higher your confidence level is. So for example, when you mentioned about light, there are actually four lighting sources when you're sitting in front of a screen. So Mm -hmm. one is in front of you, as a lot of people use a ring light. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, windows can come from the side and that's great because that helps to light at least one side of your face. And then behind you is backlight, which you don't want because that, if you have light behind you, that closes down the iris and the webcam camera lens. So Ah. you you don't want it behind you. So if you have a window behind you, you either want to, you want to like close the blinds or the shades, you know, and you can have the shades open a teeny bit for interest, but you just, you have to look at how your face is. And then there's something called uplighting. And I actually learned this in Hollywood, which is a lot of actors and actresses who have, you know, very understandably very concerned about how they look. If you have lighting coming from below, that mm-hmm. fills in the lines and the spots and things, and it really is very flattering. So there was also an article, and I think it was Maureen Dowd from the New York Times was interviewing mm-hmm. Tom Ford from you know, who, you know, the fashion designer. And he had a, a several really, really excellent suggestions. And one was, when we talk about uplighting, is that you could either put a, just a piece of white paper mm-hmm. on, the, on the desk or the table below, ah. below your face, that uplights you because it reflects off the light. Or a white tablecloth, or like you said, a white fabric. He also talked about looking up, you know, to, to have your laptop or something you know, if you can put things on books or raise things up on boxes, mm-hmm. that's really going to help. But he had a lot of good ideas, even to the point where if you don't have a ring light or you can't get one or et cetera, 
that you should use a desk lamp or a regular lamp and just put it to the front of you, you know, your face so that it lights up your face. So there are, there definitely are things you can do if you don't have the whole professional setup, but it, these, these days, everybody's getting a ring light and they're starting to be way more cost effective and also a mm-hmm. microphone. And I would leave, I would leave that to you because you're the podcast microphone. <laughs> maven, and I, I actually learned from you, Elizabeth, which is great. But as I mentioned, the mics were, oh, they were in short supply and they yes. were, they, I, I couldn't get them for re- literally months. And so now, you know, now they're all coming in and everybody's, everything's stabilizing. But yeah, I mean, just, I would look to see what you can do because that's going to raise your confidence level. And that was the point you were talking about. Absolutely. I, I love those just very practical solutions and yeah. that idea of uplight. It's funny. Um, years ago, we were working with a lighting design company. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were working at the time with CNN. And so we got to tour the CNN studios here in New York. Mm-hmm. And they pointed out this little light that literally shined from the desk up. And it was directly in the person's eyes. Because apparently also, if you have dark eyes, they can look kind of dull on TV. And so it made the person's eyes sparkle. And I was like, so she literally sits there with a light shining directly into her eyes the whole time. Just to clarify, (laughs) that was, you said for the anchors, they do that? That was for one anchor specifically. They mentioned it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 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 See, and I worked with, I worked with a talk show host and we did it with lights from below, but, th- but, you know, obviously that was years ago. Oh, that's great to hear. I just learned something. Thank yeah. you. It's, yeah. it's just a funny thing. And yeah. you know, we, a lot of times just normal people, I will say normal mm-hmm. people who don't have, you know, exposure to Hollywood, not that you're weird because you do, but you know, that, that just, mm-hmm. we think of ourselves as not, not video people, not production people. Sure. Um, you don't think about all the different options when it comes to lights. You don't think about right. the idea of literally having light even just reflecting off paper up into your face, what that's going to do. I know when you mentioned before, you know, the camera being above you, my, this is so silly, but my friend who is the best at selfies, who posts just the best pictures of herself, you know, on Facebook and Instagram and everywhere. I watched her one time taking a picture and she holds her phone, like, you know, at full arm's length above her face. And I was like, oh, it doesn't look like it in the picture, but it looks great. And so all these little tips, again, look for every source that you can find, but basic best practices. I don't know how many people I see on you know, video meetings sitting yeah. out on their porch with their laptop on their lap, straight up their nose. I know. I know. And I'm well, just like, well, well, and, and also put, the light's terrible outside. It's exactly. too bright. And, and you know what? <laughs> just to put a finer point, that's interesting about your friend, your selfie friend, which is there's one, just a tiny, tiny addition to that, mm-hmm. which is when you do look up at the, you know, at your webcam, it's good if you tilt your chin down just a touch. Mm. because I, I, and I noticed that happened to me. So I had to put, you know, now I'm conscious of putting, trying to put my chin down a little and then looking up and that makes your eyes look larger, which is good. The other thing that I have done, which you can suggest, or, you know, your listeners may be really excited to hear is I have a couple of arrows that I cut out and made. And I also have a little sign right above Mm -hmm. the webcam that says, look here. And I have mm. arrows pointing to it because think about it. When you're doing a Zoom, there are generally two places that you look. You either look at yourself mm-hmm. or you look at whoever's talking. And that's okay. But for the most part, you want people to feel you're looking at them. And the only way to do that is to look directly into the webcam and speak to the webcam. So I'm a 
big proponent of practicing and mm-hmm. whether you do it on your iPad or your device or, or on, you know, Zoom has that capability where you can just click on and you can even record yourself. I've done that, you know, just to practice. But the eye contact is huge. It's huge for people, whether it's a new client or colleagues, whatever. So that I would recommend practicing, tilt the chin down a little bit, look at the webcam as much as you can. But of course, you know, it's a balancing act because you want to look at who's talking or you want to see mm-hmm. how you're coming across. So, so that's another tip in the, in the best practices toolbox. <laughs> Definitely. And it, when you mentioned your chin down, one yeah. thing I thought of is photographers have told me that almost every time we've done, you know, a photo shoot for the office mm-hmm. or anytime I've had my picture taken professionally, they mm-hmm. always tell you, put your chin down. And so mm-hmm. I think we should all think back to anytime you've dealt with a professional photographer, even um, I wore glasses uh, growing right. up, I have contacts now. Right. And I know every time I had to get my school picture taken, they put a special filter on it. So my glasses wouldn't reflect. So if you wear glasses, uh-huh. have you thought about what the light does to your glasses? And right. maybe you need to position your light differently. Right. I know. So, oh, may, go I ahead. Just, may I jump in for one second and then don't lose your thought because this is something I do know about from television. There's something called either anti-glare lenses Mm -hmm. or I call them non-reflective. I don't Mm -hmm. happen to wear glasses, but for people who do, if you want to wear glasses, wear something that you love and feel great in because they're a great accessory. But A, see if you can get the non-reflective lenses because obviously now, you know, things have opened up a little bit more. But B, I don't say said A, but B is if you, that's the thing with tilting your chin down, it Mm -hmm. takes you out of the reflection. So Definitely. I, I hope that's helpful. I don't know. Is that, was that what you were going to say, Elizabeth? No, exactly. Okay. Um, okay. Y- you need to have just a plan for all of this. What I did as I was setting up both, you know, the space in my lovely living room and the space in the, in the little, um, bedroom that I am kind of stuck in a corner of is I used the camera app on my computer. You can also, like you said, you can, you can use a zoom or go to meeting or whatever platform you use just without another person on it. And I took some screenshots of different setups. And then if you've got people on your internal team that you can work with or an external partner like Berenson, Mm -hmm. um, you can, you can have people give you feedback. You know, Um, my books are so far away that you can't see the titles. And so I focused more on, first of all, they are still all appropriate, but I focused on color because I'm in a very, you know, bland looking space yep. and I can't paint. So yep. I have a mix of red and yellow and green and blue nice. and black books so that it's, it's interesting. Yep. And so really thinking about what can people see and send it to people, you know, people who will actually give you critical feedback because, um, uh, you know, if it's somebody who's just always going to say you look nice, that's not helpful. But if you've no. got the person who's going to say that angle doesn't make your face, you know, look as good as I know it can look, right. tilt your chin down, something like that. Good. It can be very good. helpful. Right. And then the other, you know, the other thing is, I mean, if you want to stay with this is headroom, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to only have about two or three inches of headroom between your head and the top of the screen. You don't want a whole lot and you don't want your head being cut off. So that's something else to think about. Right. You know, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, if you could put a plant in there, plant soften a space, that's really great. And you have any awards or artwork that, you know, resonate with you or, or pictures, whether it's family pictures or vacation pictures or something. So I like to think about it as curating your space, much Mm -hmm. as you'd curate in a museum. That's like a big thing now is to curate your space. And I think you're setting your space for success. I really do. 
Absolutely. And now I want to jump into, um, if if this would make sense, there are obviously different kinds of um, meetings and presentations and interactions that people are having mm-hmm. when they're using um, these platforms. Are there any specific best practices that you would have for different kinds of meetings? Maybe um, if you could distinguish between uh, a sales presentation um, or pitch, um, a public announcement that's less salesy, um, an internal meeting. Are there any specific best practices for any of those categories? You know, it's interesting. I, I was really thinking about that. And I'm going to say, if you talk about any of the meetings that you just referenced, any of the encounters, to me, the most important point is that you connect with your audience, whether it's mm-hmm. an audience of one, whether it's your colleagues, whether it's new business, new clients, current clients, etc. And everybody, Elizabeth, wants to be tuned to the radio station WIIFM. What's in it for me? They all want, they're all, you know, they all want to know what's in it for me to listen to you. And my thing is that you know, I learned from television, not only from television news, if you watch the evening news or the morning news, or even if you watch Saturday Night Live, you know, Saturday Night Live opens with what's called a cold open. So if you think you're being courteous, saying good morning, thanks for having me, nice to be here, my name is Heidi Berenson, you know, whatever, that's signaling to people because research and studies show you only have nine seconds to mm-hmm. grab your audience's attention. And if you start off with something pedestrian like good morning, that that's signaling to them, okay, this is going to be boring. Start checking your email. Start thinking about what you're going to be having for lunch. And to me, I'd rather open cold. And that's signaling to your audience, hey, I value your time. I value your attention. I'll get to the courteous stuff later on. So, you know, what should they be aware of? You know, whether it's an audience of one or thousands, I think you should always, not I think, I, I know that you should always know your audience you should be tuned into WIFM. You want to know that there's this rule of primacy and recency that people remember best what they hear first and what they hear mm-hmm. last. So that may be what you want to save your you know, top points for, that you want to be very clear on what you're going to be speaking about. Like if someone said, could you tweet out what you're going to be talking about? Just that concisely. And you know, be clear not only on what you're saying, but what the goal of what you're saying is. And also, I like to have what's called an ABC list. The A list to me is have the two or three key points you have to say in case, you know, A, you're running late or they're running late or they cut you off or whatever. So at least you get the, you front load the two or three key points that you have. Mm. The B list is how do you make that come alive for people? Because if you just say something, it's not going to stick. It's just not going to stick if you make all these just pronouncements without backing them up. And then the C list is where are you just boring yourself? (laughs) Leave that part out. So, so yeah, so that's, you know, again, whether it's pitching or talking to your colleagues and et cetera, the, the one thing I would remember, and particularly in the zoom era is anytime there's more than one person involved, a dynamic is set up. So you want to be as deferential as you can be, not get defensive, you know, et cetera. Absolutely. I I just love those principles because, again, as you said, it's always the, the key is to know your audience and to be consistently focused on them and what they're right. going to care about. And right. so understanding that idea of a cold open, if especially if you know the person. Um, right. 
you you'll know some people love to start with a lot of just chit chat. There are some people who want to warm things up and there are some people who are sitting there bored out of their minds. And so knowing who it is, but I think probably leaning more toward the the cold open and and jumping in and giving people space, Um, you know, asking questions and getting engagement early on is so incredibly important. Whether you're doing a public webinar or you're doing a one-on-one conversation, I can't tell you how many times I've been on a public webinar and the whole time they were just like talking at us. And there was never any interaction. There wasn't a poll. There weren't questions, nothing to get me engaged. And then it's very easy to check out and start, you know, checking your email and getting your lunch together and doing all these little things that are very easy to do when you don't have to engage. All right. So Elizabeth, you just teed this up perfectly for me. I just did my first virtual conference. I presented at my first virtual conference, mm-hmm. which was, <clears throat> excuse me, it was last week. It was the Women Presidents Organization, which I know mm. you're familiar with. Definitely. And I decided just from everything I know that I was not going to just blah, blah and talk for the hour. So, <clears throat> so what I opted to do was I did the first 15 minutes and I did everything in the Zoom area and and had some examples and et cetera. Then I moved it outside because I live by the water. So Mm -hmm. I went outside and one of the tools I introduced them to was an alliteration because people tend to remember things kind of if it's in a a rhythmic pattern. Mm -hmm. So when I went outside by the water, I said, oh, we've got the water and the waves and the wind and watercraft boats because in essence, we're all steering, we're all captaining our own business ships, you know, we're our own, our own businesses. Mm -hmm. So anyway, what I did was I taught them a lot of the tips. And then I said, now it's your turn. And when I gave them tools for how to do a cold open, I said, let's get some volunteers. And we had so many people who wanted to volunteer. So we got to a number of them. And then we opened it up a little bit later for questions. And we got a lot of questions. And some people, it was funny, because like one woman, you know, just was said, I've been waiting and waiting. And, you know, she got to ask a question. So I completely agree to, to, to get people's engagement. You got to engage with them a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many ways to do it. You know, if you've got a very large group, obviously you're not going to open up audio so that anybody could be talking because that could just get super overwhelming, but there are polls or you could have them typing in questions or you can ask a question and this happens so often. People yep. ask a question, they don't get a response within two seconds, and they jump in because they're terrified of silence. If you can be comfortable with the silence, if you ask a question and just actually shut your mouth and wait for somebody to answer the question, people will be just as uncomfortable with that silence as you are, and they will answer it. You just exactly. have to be a little bit more patient. Now, certainly don't stand there for like five minutes in silence. That would be super awkward. Right. But right. honestly, 10 seconds is a lot longer than you think it is. And so oh, give people a chance to respond, especially if they need to type. And this yeah. is another, um, just you know, in terms of driving engagement, if you are going to take questions via like a question function or a chat function, tell yeah. people that at the beginning so exactly. they can type those questions in whenever they have them. Yep. Because, uh, and if you're not, if, if that's really difficult, tell people, please write down a question as soon as you think of it. And at the end, we'll have time for questions. And I want you to remember the questions that you have. Things like that. Just best practices that we would think of if we were facilitating an in-person conference. Exactly. You have exactly. to go over the top almost, not without being like crazy over the top when it comes right. to virtual because people... Um, especially if their camera isn't on, they could be doing anything. <laughs> and right. no, you're exactly. trying to capture an audience. If they're sitting in a conference in front of you, they're obviously not 
I mean, they'll, they'll still probably be on their phones because people do that now. Right. But that's just about the only distraction that's appropriate when you're in a conference. Right. And, and here, and so, it could be they're they're dealing with a pet, a kid, food, exa- well, exactly. anything. <laughs> exactly. And and so just, you know, to that point, when we, when I did the piece where, you know, part of it was in my Zoom space and then part of it was outside. Now, this was interesting uh, because people said, wow, it was so great when you went outside. It was such a relief for the eyes. It was so interesting and calm. Mm-hmm. You got water and all that. And I said, great. But Elizabeth, what happened was when we first went out to do it, the wind was so bad. Mm. We did it and we sent it in and we were like, is this like too much wind? They said, yeah. So here's the thing. I got to do it a second time, which I felt like it was a do-over. How many times do you get a (laughs) do-over in life? And we were able to work it so that the audio was perfect. But when I got the positive feedback about how much they appreciated, you know, just the extra production value and, and what we did, that made me feel good. So I would really say that people should think like just what you were saying, what can we do to engage people? What can we do to make it interactive? What can we do to make it fun? Because frankly, people actually remember things best when it's fun. And mm. I also just heard from a friend of mine that, you know, there's this whole science of neurolinguistics and sort of neural pathways in our brain and all that. And they were just saying that 90 minutes is really the perfect amount of time mm-hmm. that it takes for people to learn new tools and new information. So that was really good for me because I can't imagine doing a really, really, really long Zoom for hours and hours and hours. I mean, that would just be a lot. So that was good to learn that, you know, 90 minutes or two hours would be good, particularly with the interactive. Yeah. Absolutely. When I think of, um, you know, we do a lot of training, sales training and leadership training. Mm -hmm. And if you're in person, you can do a full day, you know, a full eight hours of training. But by the end, people are drained. It's, it's exhausting. We used to a lot of times do two to three days of training back to back to back. And we've learned that we break that up. Otherwise people just end and, and you can tell that their, their brains are fried, but, um, it's very different when it's on a screen and you can't expect, you know, I'm going to take my eight hours of training and we're just going to get people on, on a zoom or on, you know, Skype or whatever for eight hours in a row. It just doesn't work. And you have to really think about, okay, can we break that up into three, two hour blocks? Because honestly, eight hours can turn into six hours when you're doing it online. You you also need to probably make things more concise. There are parts of an in-person event that you can't do, you know, you, you can't, have people turning to each other and, and exchanging ideas, or you can, if you've got breakout rooms, but just thinking about, um, the logistics and how that changes things. It doesn't mean just throw out everything you've been doing, but translate it and and think about really how, how can I make it work with the situation? I mean, I love that story of you going outside because like you said, it's, it's something different. It it wakes people up. I bet every single person who watched that remembers it and they're going to continue to remember it because it was something unique. We've all watched where somebody was on there for 90 minutes and they never moved, which is fine if you can't move, but if you can something different. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. And you know, oh, go ahead. You were going to say something. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say when we spoke before, you mentioned that there's kind of a tripod of things people should think about. And I know you've mentioned all of those elements of it, but I I wanted you to kind of mention that tripod because I think that'll help people have that. Like you said, people remember if there's rhythms and there's frames and there's acronyms and a tripod is a really good analogy. Absolutely. So yeah, so and it and I'm actually using my gorilla tripod right now. So <laughs> the three elements are so think about it this way. And again, I'm going to give it in an alliteration because it's easier to remember. They all are going to start with the letter E. So mm-hmm. the first is your environment. 
how tiny tweaks and fine tuning can make all the difference in having, you know, setting the space for success, basically. Uh, number two would be eye contact and body language, you know, where you look and gesturing and things, which I'll, I'll go over all these, you know, in detail in, the, in, in another moment. But, and then the third is elements of a presentation, what to do beforehand, what to do when you're in the presentation, et cetera. So basically we're looking at the visual, the vocal, and the verbal part mm. of doing a presentation. So as far as the environment, you know, you and I talked about lighting. And we talked about the background and, you know, some options for your background and colors. So if you can do the blue, that's great. If not, wear what we call jewel tones, you know, things red or hot pink or purple or aqua or something that would be sort of in the, you know, a different shade of blue family. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, you got to be careful on camera wearing white. Like I have mm. two or three white blazers, you know, summer blazers, I can't wear them now because when you're on camera, they, the, the white flares off. Remember we just talked about yeah, having white glow. In your face. So yeah. So I can't do that for, I mean, I can wear it in, in real life, but not, you know, not on camera. So the other thing is people remember things uh, that they see three times longer than what they hear. Mm. So the other day I talked about teeing up an idea. In fact, I'm doing it right now. If you tee up an idea and I held up a golf ball. I said, let's tee up a new idea. <laughs> so if, if you know that people remember things that they see, what visual or what prop could you use that would make it come alive? And if you're going to hold it, you want to hold it by your shoulder and sort of look at it and then look at the camera. So you want to sort of be, you know, back and forth between those two. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is that in just in terms of your eye contact and your body language, so think about what you can do with gesturing. Because gesturing, you know, when you said people may not be confident, gesturing actually conveys confidence mm -hmm. and makes it easier for people to remember. So if you say we're doubling sales, you can have your hand go up, you know, twice, like to show it like flat, like you'd flat your, you know, mm -hmm. your fingers out and you could double it up. And then we, we've doubled sales or you, my favorite is to count off count, you know, one, two, and three, you really want to do three as a unit. So three fingers as a unit and use one hand to count off on the other hand, because that gives you something to do with your hands. And when you use your hands, you want to be right sort of between the neck, uh, sort of in chest area. So just below mm -hmm. your face, just in that, you know, head and shoulders area. And that's, you know, if, if you can think about showing the span of something, if you can show a comparison, if you can show, you know, this is one track, this is another, and you do it with, you know, two hands going in two different directions. I mean, that's, that really makes a difference in having your message come across. The other thing is, when you decide what you're going to wear, and again, there was an article in the Washington Post the other day about how men are now wearing makeup, not just women, but men. Mm -hmm. And particularly people who maybe are bald or balding and the light would shine off their skin, you can use mm -hmm. translucent powder or you can mm -hmm. use some concealer. And so people want to look the best, you know, when they're on camera. So that's, that's really helpful also. And another thing is if you want to really, really let people know that you're happy to be there, smile. <laughs> Absolutely. You, like if, if you speak smiling, they can hear it in your voice and then they can mm -hmm. see it. So I always say enter smiling. So if you're going to do a Zoom, uh, the minute someone sees you, they're already, you know, because first impressions are lasting impressions. I always make sure that I'm smiling whenever I do a Zoom. Mm-hmm. 
I always enter smiling. And, and, and it's like a mirror. People smile back. It's really great. The other thing I would do, and we can do it now, is breathe. Mm. You have to breathe. It's like in through the nose, hold it for four, and exhale loud and long for four. And that really centers you. And come on, let's face it. All of us are nervous on camera, and we're on camera. So if you can breathe, that really, really helps. So that would be sort of my to-do list. And I'm glad you brought up the three legs of the tripod for the environment, the eye contact, and the elements of the presentation. And obviously, as far as, as, far as part of the presentation, you want to do the cold open. We have what's called a message A list where everything starts with A. So you, we mentioned an alliteration. We mentioned an anecdote. You should have an anecdote or a story. You should phrase your answer as a question. When people hear a question, even if it's a rhetorical question, they want to know the answer. They pay attention for the answer. And you always want to try to use action words if you can, something that's active mm. and something that you know conjures up a visual image. So those, you know, that's a good sort of quick little tripod, not tripod, um, toolbox that you can, you know, from the tripod. So yeah. Yeah. I love that. Especially when you mentioned breathe. Um, I'm a fast talker. Any listeners yeah. to the podcast will know this. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I sometimes will have a little post-it on my, on my screen, just, you know, slow down. I, I also just try to remember to consistently remind myself if you find that when you get nervous, you speed up because a lot of people maybe aren't usually fast talkers, but when they're right. nervous, they are right taking those deep breaths beforehand and consistently throughout. Um, you don't have to like exhale into the microphone as you're going, but um, just, you know, remember to breathe and that helps calm you down so you can slow down because a lot of times people get nervous and, uh, and it's, whoa. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, exactly, exactly, yeah. And yeah. the same thing with smiling. Like you said, people hear it in your voice even if you're on the phone. Yep. And so uh, some people have a naturally smiley face. I've got a sister who like, if she's sad, she looks like she's smiling. I'm kind of jealous because my natural face is definitely not smiling. Um, so if you need to have a post-it on your screen that says smile, you know, consistently yep. remind yourself, you don't want to look bored. And well, a lot of times you look unpleasant or you're glaring yes. and you don't even recognize it because you're just sitting and listening. Yes. So think of how you look when you're listening and, oh, I and, love that. and just think, take pictures. <laughs> I love, no, I love that. So here, you know, and you actually said the key to me, you know, I have post-it notes all over, mm -hmm. all over my desktop. I have something that says pause, pace, breathe. I have something, remember I told you about the webcam that says look here. I have, I have something that helps me, like when I'm going to share my screen, what the steps are for that. Anything you need mm -hmm. that is going to help you raise your game, I'm all for. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. And I love you've mentioned a few times, you know, the key is for you to be comfortable. Like you said, even yep. if you have glasses, if you're comfortable wearing glasses and happy wearing glasses, you'll look yep. better. So yep. if you are, if you're more comfortable, I would imagine dressed in a full suit, even though people don't see all of it, and that makes you feel better, wear that. If you're more comfortable, if you're wearing sweatpants on the bottom and I, whatever you need to do on well, top, can, we'll do know, that. Can I, you know, that's so great, Elizabeth, that you brought that up because I actually have noticed that. I, you know, you know, it's, you're right. It's sort of business on top or casual on the bottom or business on top and party on the bottom. But <laughs> I notice that I need to do the whole thing. If it's a, you know, a client thing, if it's a, if it's mm -hmm. a client thing, I have noticed, and, and it was funny, I'm glad I did the other day because I had to stand up to show them how to stand. There were a couple of <laughs> people who were doing standing and I said, oh my goodness, thank goodness. I wore a complete <laughs> pants suit. So, <laughs> so thank you for that. Yeah. 
for sure. Absolutely. And that's a really good reminder. A lot of times we don't think that that's even a possible thing. But if you were ever, if there's any chance that you could need to get up, just think about like, could you need to deal with with a kid or a pet thing? Um, Because sometimes that's still honestly necessary. Could you need to reach to get something on the other side of your desk or on the other side of the room? What would people see if you moved? (laughs) Because (laughs) you definitely don't want it to be inappropriate. Um, No, 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 for sure. For sure. So, and the other thing is, you know, I was thinking back when, you know, this is a whole other topic, but the, the, the other thing we talk about is how to pivot, you know, if you're in a Q and a situation and how to mm-hmm. be what we call a pro at con pro at conflict or controversy or mm. confrontation. And one of the things that I have learned, because now, you know, again, we, we have specialized in working with top executives, but we are now working with Every, I mean, really the gamut from, you know, college graduates who are looking for a job, you know, all the way through to people in the arts or people in energy or people in tech and whatever. And, and they don't have to be the CEO of a Fortune 500. We're working mm-hmm. with everybody because everybody wants to up their game. So a couple of things that I just thought of, because I was thinking of some books that might be helpful for people. So one of them is a book called The Four Agreements. Mm. And... I just found out that Tom Brady, the former Patriot, who's, you know, <laughs> who's left us, but he reads it, he says, every year. And one of the things it says is not to take anything seriously and don't make assumptions. Those are two mm. of the four agreements. And in, in a Zoom situation, you want to be aware of that because it can be taken more harshly than it's intended. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I want people to be aware of that. And the other thing is what you talked about is, you know, Amy Cuddy wrote that book, Presence, you know, bringing your boldest self to your biggest challenges. And so, so how do you want to come across? What's your presence and what can you do to up your game? So those are those are two. And then the, the, the third one is Made to Stick by Dan and Chip Heath. And that's what you want to do in this day and age when we're, we have so much coming at us, you want your message to stick. And that, that's a great book to, to look up as well. So I, I just wanted to get those few in there. Absolutely. You you got there before I even asked you the question. Oh, so um, this has been so much fun. And I've learned a lot, both big picture concepts, as well as very specific tips, which I always think is is good. Um, yeah. So if you want people to learn more about you, maybe they're interested in getting some, some training, coaching and evaluation of how they're doing, sure. uh, where should they go? Well, first of all, we would love that. And we are open, like I said, this to, you know, whatever your situation is, it's it's been fun to get the challenges. So our website is berensoncom.com. So it's Berenson, B-E-R-E-N-S-O-N, com, C-O-M, and then .com. I thought it was a cool thing when we came up with it years ago. I thought it just rolled up to <laughs> Berenson.com. And then people are like, well, is it two? Is it Berenson.com? Is it Berenson.com? Is it com with two M's? And I was like, oh my goodness. So it's simply Berenson.com with one M, Berenson.com. That's a good place to start. Or you can email us at media at Berenson.com. And also to put a finer point, Berenson.com is that's everything social media. So whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Insta. So that's, that's all where we are. So that would be great. We would love to hear from people. And it, this, it's an, it's, it's like, it's like Star Trek. It's a whole new frontier, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And I love that there are people like you along to kind of guide us along that way, because it's, um, you know, as we, 
as I've mentioned a couple of times, there are some people who are super comfortable with this and they've always been set up for this and it's fine. And then there are a lot of people who are a little bit nervous. And then there are a lot of people who are super nervous and uncomfortable. So I think you, you really addressed all of those audiences. um, And I really enjoyed our conversation today, Heidi. (laughs) Me too, Elizabeth. This was wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into today's show. You can find the notes and resources for everything that Heidi and I have been talking about today at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 278. And we will also include links to that baronsandcom.com site in case anybody couldn't write that down while you were listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make sure to tune in on Friday where we'll have another inspirational episode. And don't forget to check out the blog at criteriaforsuccess.com slash insights. If you enjoyed today's show as much as I enjoyed recording it, make sure to recommend us to a friend. That is the best way for new people to find the show. And if you haven't yet subscribed, you can do that for free. That'll make sure that you hear every new episode as soon as it goes live. So subscribe on whatever platform it is that you're listening. We love your feedback. That is the best way that we can learn and improve. So you can always leave us ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts, or you could email us with direct feedback questions, or guest suggestions at podcast at criteriaforsuccess.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at CFS Playbook. Let's Talk Sales is a production of Criteria for Success and is produced by Ariana Miskell, Laura Marchoff, and me, Elizabeth Frederick. Happy selling!